are listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Uh, tonight, I'm joined by a uh, quite a few people. We've got quite a few people on tonight, which is uh, should make for an interesting conversation. Uh, Lainey has returned. Uh, we've got Chris in Canada. Jennifer is here as well. And we have a new member joining us, uh, Mandy. Hi, how are you? Hi. Um, Before we get started with our normal spiel, uh, as I tweeted and Facebooked out, um, there is a little bit of controversy with this book. When we decided to read this book, it was quite a while ago. Uh, we started reading this book and after we decided to read it and started reading it, uh, some controversy came out about the author, uh, Aziz Ansari. Um, I put out there whether or not we should uh, discuss it. It was overwhelming that people wanted to hear our opinions on that. Uh, so that being said, we will be discussing some of the uh, controversy that's currently surrounding him, uh, but we're going to hold off on that until the end of the book. We're going to go ahead and do our complete review of the book, uh, and then any thoughts that we have on that current situation, we'll give it then. So if you are listening and you don't care about any of that stuff, you just want to hear about the book, um, no problem there. You can go ahead and listen to pretty much the entire show, and then like I said, when we get to the end, we'll we'll let you know when we're going to start the sharing some opinions and you can move on from there if you want. So, um, so with that said, uh, how's everyone been? It's been a little while since we've, uh, we've, we've reconvened for the book show. So anything happening to anyone they want to share? Busy. It's been busy. (laughs) Um, I had a, a, last night I got to do a presentation at the uh, science and sangria event that uh, Jennifer puts together. (laughs) Um, we talked about 3D printing, so that was pretty cool. So, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like uh, that. The, Jonathan uh, uh, Cotto wrote, uh, uh, the audience was captivated. I'm like, I don't know about captivated, <laughs> but I think they had a good time. So, it was a, it was a fun speech. I, I I enjoy talking about 3D printing. So, um, but that being said, um, a while back, uh, we decided that we were going to read Aziz Ansari's Modern Romance. Um, I'll just, I guess we'll just kind of jump into it. First and foremost, I listened to, um, I listened to the book as I always do listen to it on audio audible. Uh, it was read by Aziz. Um, so we got a little extra. If you listen to the audio version, you got a little extra on there because he literally starts it off by saying, you lazy bastard. Why, why aren't you reading this book? Why are you listening to it? Uh, you just want me to listen. Your lazy ass wants me to read it to you, huh? Fine. Whatever. Um, yes, Fox. Yes, that yes, exactly. And uh which I thought was hilarious. I love whenever an author reads their book and they put extra stuff into it. There's a book we're gonna be reading eventually called Crush It. And uh the guy who wrote it, Gary Vaynerchuk, number one, is just like he makes coffee nervous. He is that much energy and he literally goes off topic, you know, in the thing. He's just like, one other thing I got to add, I didn't put it in the book. I got to add in there. Um, so hearing an author really excited about reading their book, you know, I've always enjoyed that. So, um, that being said, uh, we'll just kind of run around first impressions. Lainey, overall, did you enjoy the book? I really enjoyed this book. In fact, I was a big champion of reading this book early Mm -hmm. on. Um, I read it a while back couple years ago um, and really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of a unique look into something that I felt like I see on a regular basis. You know, this is something that's very tailored 
to kind of my generation, so to speak. Um, But I like the voice that he uses to talk about it. I like that he goes about it in a very scientific way. Um, I I really, really enjoyed it. I like the viewpoint on it. I like his personal musings on it. Um, I love this book. I think it's great. Good deal. Uh, Chris, what were your overall thoughts? I really liked it. I enjoy books about relationships, especially modern ones, because I, I've been with my husband since I was 17 years old. So modern dating and adult dating, I have no reference point for. So it's interesting to see how it changes and, and um, what it's like for people now. And I, I liked his, I, I liked him reading and I thought it was great. I listened on Audible too. And um, I liked how well-researched he, he, uh, it was, that he took a whole year to research this and really um, get several different um, viewpoints on modern romance, like different cultures, not just North America, but um, Argentina and, you know. Uh, Japan. And-, and France. Right. So just because, I mean, it's all, it, those are, are different. And what does it look like for people over there? And, and. I just really enjoyed how well researched it was and, and uh, it made it feel like he wasn't just giving his opinion on something. It was, well, no, based on the hundreds of people we have surveyed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was, I, I thought it was really good. I would recommend it to anybody who, even if they didn't like reading books about relations, just gives you a insight. Were into- you still, are, I think we lost your audio. Oh no. Can y'all still hear? Can y'all hear I, me? I can hear. I can you. hear. Just you. Oh. Can okay. anyone hear me? Yeah. I can hear you, Eugene. We had kind of a hiccup. Oh, that's interesting. I guess my wife I was acting wonky. Um, sorry, I, I I didn't hear hopefully hopefully the rest of the uh everyone else heard everything that you were saying. I just so. see my mouth moving. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I get quiet and I'm just like, uh, can anyone else hear? I can't hear. <laughs> so I can hear uh, her and she sounds beautiful. Oh, an angel. Uh, Jennifer, thoughts? I really liked it. Uh, this is my second time reading it. I had read it a few years ago, a little after it came out, and um, it was it was very uh, it's kind of refreshing to hear that you know a lot of people are dealing with the same challenges I am in the dating world, and it was interesting to have the insight into how dating's changed over the years and. You know, just how uh, technology, the, the impact technology's had on it, and just things that, that I hadn't thought about before. It was kind of eye-opening. And I like that, like Lainey said, it was scientific, and it wasn't just like, we're just going to talk about this stuff and, you know, give our own opinions. It was actually fact-based, which I didn't realize going in. So, yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, Mandy, what were your thoughts? Yeah, that's that's kind of what took me off guard, um, and I kind of appreciated how he took like the the celebrity book. He said they were offering him, you know, a book contract all along, and he never took it. But when he finally did, he like made research out of it and didn't just do the whole "here's my life, here's what I've observed." He actually like, I, I think it's funny he took the opportunity to travel. Like he got them to pay for his travel. That's funny, but like how he really oh, did yeah. dig in and look into it. That was. A different take and I, I it it's a, not a book I ever would have picked for myself but I, I'm glad I read it um when this book was recommended I wasn't quite sure at first of course I'm uh, aware of his work uh I loved his character uh on uh, Parks and Rec um and then I enjoyed at this at this point I'd only seen the first season of his show um 
Master of None on Netflix. And so I immediately thought, okay, well, this is going to be a comedy book. Um, and then, like y'all, um, he goes pretty quickly into the book and starts talking about all the research that they did. Um, he actually starts off, he, he talks about um, um, hooking up with a girl, uh, trying to figure out how, when he's going to contact her afterwards. He texts her. She doesn't text back. He starts freaking out. Days go by. Nothing happens. And he realizes that, you know, he would not have been in the situation just a few years previously. Um, so when he decided and he was like, well, maybe I should kind of read into this and he could not find a book about it. So he decided, well, I'll write one. Um, and then, yes, that's when he starts going in and he starts talking about the fact of they did all of these interviews from all over the world. And they did this back in 1314. Uh, they got information from OKCupid and match.com. They had a subreddit set up like they did actual legitimate research on this. And that right there was kind of the turnkey for me. That's when I'm like, ooh, this is going to be really interesting. In fact, a lot of the notes that I have here uh, for the book specifically come out of the research that they did uh, as, as kind of, uh, you know, uh, talking points for the, for the book. So um, one of the first things he talks about is they go to a retirement community and um, the donut they, they talk to thief. a bunch of seniors. Alfredo. The donut thief was hilarious. I love me some Alfredo. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Um, he's expecting to get married. They, you know, they were expecting people saying they got married young, meeting family early on, but didn't expect how close people lived. Uh, and the 1930 survey found that most people married others within walking distance of home. Um, good age for marriage was, uh, 20 year old, uh, for men, uh, for women, 23 for men. Uh, now it's 27 and 29 and 30 overall. Um, and I mean, yeah, that, that's, you know, we're we're creeping up on 70, 80 years ago for, you know, that survey. But, I mean, that's that's quite a change. Um, but the, the 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 fact that the people were all like, oh, yeah, I, I met my husband. He lived in the same building or he lived right down the street. And I'm just like, that really kind of hit home because I met my wife online and she, you know, I, she was three plus hours away from me. So the idea of like, oh yeah, I found my mate and they were literally in the same building. I'm just like, that's interesting. <laughs> so, um, let's see here. And they, and, and they start, they start talking about the fact of emerging adulthood, the time now where, uh, we go to college, we start a career and then we marry no such thing. Um, before or uh, for older women, and most of them seem to regret it. A lot of them were saying, um, had they had the chances that uh, modern day women have now, they probably would not have gotten married as young. Um, a lot of them specifically said they even told they even tell their granddaughters, date, date a lot, go out, have fun, be safe, but go out and have fun. Like, don't just settle down. I thought I that was kind of interesting. A lot that I that. They're all younger than me, and they're in their early 20s now. And I got married when I was 23, and Ray was 22. And I don't feel like I missed out on anything. It's just my life is flipped. So, and I, I did it all young. So when I'm in my 40s, the kids will have moved out, and then I can do all that stuff. Instead of doing it in my 20s, I'm going to do it in my 40s. And I didn't know that going in. I'm like, no, we've been together for so long. Let's get married. This is what we're supposed to do. And then now being 36, it's like, I don't, knowing now what I would have, I think I would have not waited, but maybe pulled <laughs> off on kids a little bit longer. I mean, I love uh -huh. my children. I'm happy with the age they are, but 
you know, it happened a lot quicker than we thought. And maybe tell, like my cousins now, it's like, if you want to travel, do it now. Do it now before you have kids, because once you have kids, it gets exponentially harder and more expensive. Yes. So it, but it's like, it just happened quicker. But now I can do it in my 40s. There you go. See, and I think Ray and Chris are just knowing Ray and Chris the way that we do. I think Ray and Chris are a really good example of what happens when that situation goes really, really well. Yes, because we know people who it doesn't go so well for. Yes, and I think that speaks to Ray and Chris's relationship a lot, too, and just, like, the respect that they have for each other. But I always think – I thought this part in the book was interesting because, you know, you have that old adage of, like, yeah, my mother and my grandmother won't leave me alone about getting married or whatever – and that's never been my experience. I've always had the same experience of like what this book is touting, which is, you know, yeah, now like these grandmothers are telling their granddaughters like, no, don't settle down anytime soon. Like, go do what you need to do. That's always been the case for me. Mm-hmm. Everybody has always kind of said the same thing to me. Like, no, no, no. Like, you're not there yet. Just keep moving along and do what you want to go do. Don't don't stop anytime soon because you think you found it because I don't think you you're there yet, right? So, I don't know. I thought that that was kind of interesting though, because that does like, and I know people who have grandparents that are like, "Well, when are you going to get married? Like, when are you going to start giving me, you know, some great grandchildren or whatever?" And that's, that's my sister. My sister says, "I want grandbabies," because she's a bitch, but <laughs> she says it jokingly. But right. Of the grandma that's nagging. <laughs> gotcha. I love it. I um. I I wish looking back, I wish I would have dated more. I don't necessarily would have said I needed to wait to get married, but I wish I would have dated more. But that, I think for me, it's more so of a confidence thing. It's more so of a, uh, you know, the older I've gotten, the more confident I've gotten about a lot of things. And it's just like, I was, I really should have like gone for it a couple of times when I didn't. And just like, just kind of looking back on it that on that aspect, not so much the fact that uh, I think you know I got married a little too early or, or or something like that. It's just, but like I said, for me that's more of a confidence thing. But I definitely see that, and um, uh, you know, you look at the you look at the divorce rates right now, and, and I mean that's it's pretty evident that you know, hey, don't you know, maybe you should spend some time together, like maybe quite a bit of time before you get married. So and wasn't there? A statistic in there too that said something about like couples that get married after like 23 are way less likely to divorce or yeah, something when like we that get was it 23 to it, or 25 something like that I thought that that was interesting and I wanted I, I have a lot of co-workers that are younger than me that are married that like to be like wow I mean and I don't like I don't appreciate it <laughs> yeah well and then half the people that say that are miserable and like it's like why do you want me to jump into that if you're not even <laughs> well and I think that um, the people that I dated then and look <laughs> what was i was i drunk the entire time yikers oh god yeah i will um, say that in the beginning where it talks about how it's changed reminded me it's actually like my grandmother's story she married like her brother's friend from down the street uh they were together i don't know 20 30 years and then she was like you know what i want a divorce i'm not happy I want to be on my own. And they kind of talk about how like with the feminist movement, you know, that empowered a lot of women. And that's exactly around the time she decided that. And she left, you know, they, they divorced and 
she's never remarried, but it was really interesting that that was part of a greater movement to me. And she's not the one nagging you to get married, right? No, no, it's my sister <laughs> who's younger than me and who just likes to make fun of me. Well, there you go. Yeah, it specifically talks about the fact that um, a lot of women at that time married because it was like the only way they could get out of the house. Like you at that time, you if you're a woman and you're single, you live with your parents and that's all there is to it. And then you kind of look down if you if you don't do that and then you get married and you're like, oh, wow, now I'm living with someone else that may be overbearing, especially at that time. It was was a lot more economically necessary, you know, in a way because you didn't have the right to work and do the things that they can do now. But uh yeah like it wouldn't have been impossible i don't think it would have just been a lot more difficult yeah and then the other thing that they said w- that really changed and and i i definitely can see this is the fact that um we marry for different reasons now and it's oh. love over arrangement yeah. so or stability actually i wrote down or stability so um which is a double-edged sword too Yes, because literally the next thing I wrote down is young people today have uh, uh, now have uh, option paralysis when it comes to dating. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. So, uh, see, I'm because you know there are well, you know, quote, quote unquote, there's always two types of people in the world. Um, even though that's not true, but anyway, uh, I'm definitely that type of person that like tries to narrow down my options as quickly as possible. Like if I'm planning on buying a new television, it's like, nope, I immediately have to narrow this down because otherwise that is an overwhelming thing. And that can drive me insane. So um, dating in the modern world, I can see that would definitely be the case. (laughs) When he talked about his search for the perfect lunch, like that's me to a T and everything. I have to Google it, ask people like, I don't want to miss out. I have FOMO, you know. That was exhausting listening to him. I'm not going to lie. It was like, dude, it's just lunch. Like, relax. <laughs> I'm going to get food. It's okay. <laughs> you don't have to know how I am. Are you, are you that way with anything, though, Chris? Like, is there something you're just like, I have to have the, I have to research it and figure out it has to be the best? Because I know Ray is that way. He's yeah. told me multiple times, especially like when buying a car or something. So. Cars, he is annoyingly like that. <laughs> um, I'm going to make him help me then. I will plainly look at him and be like, I'm the worst here. I don't care. Uh, with me, uh, no. <laughs> I don't, can't think of anything off the top of my head where I would be like obsessively researching over. Um, oh, no, no. <laughs> She's like, wait. <laughs> uh, no, never mind. Chris is the actual coolest, though. That's the whole like, thing. The best like, way to recycle something or, you know, minimize. Um, when it comes to. Um, like, I don't like online shopping, so I wouldn't um, obsessively research that. I think it's more if I find something I like, I just stick with it. Like, I don't mm-hmm. branch off very, very easily. I'm a little timid that way. So if I, if I find something that works, I'm like, all right, good to go. And off I go. It's so I don't put a lot of effort into it. Oh, I sound terrible. I sound so lazy. <laughs> No, that doesn't. No, that. No, you th- just that sound sounds perfectly fine. Confident in your choice, and exactly, I, yeah. yeah. I know what I want, and then I and then I go out and get it, and if it's a wrong choice, well, I just suck it up, and suffer the consequences. And then I was gonna, I was gonna make a call back to uh, uh, Saturday show and say when when she finds something she wants, she runs after it. Run Literally, that's right. <laughs> Jump on it. Oh. Um. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you have not gone back and listened to our last episode of the Epically Geeky Show, we talked about dating as a geek, and um, it was it was a really good show. It was a really fun show, and uh, uh, we talked about how we how some of us on the uh, episode met our partners, and uh, there were some uh, some some uh, striking similarities there. I'll, I'll leave it at that. So, um, I'm shocked by yours, Eugene. I'm I'm still shocked about mine. So, um, <laughs> anyway, so. Um, Asking someone out still scary, but now you have to decide in person, call, text, other, well, you know, lots of other things that list there. Um, in 2013, Match.com said uh, over over 30s, 52% call, 28% face to face, 8% text, 7% email. Under 30, it was 23% call, 36% face, 32% text, which is way up, uh, and 1% email. Um, I mean, if the if email is the only way you have to get a hold of this person, I guess I just don't see asking someone out via email. But Pat, I got uh, asked from via ICQ. Shut up! Oh, yeah. not that is awesome. <laughs> it wasn't Ray, by the way. From <laughs> ICQ, nice. You baby. Um. What about y'all? Like, if you were going to ask someone out, um, I mean, I've gotten to where I really enjoy texting just because it's, you know, I can pick yes. it up, text someone, wait for the information to come back. But, like, if I was going to ask someone out, it would definitely be either face-to-face or a phone call. It would have to be one of those two. I have not been asked out via phone call or face-to-face since high school. Wow, really? Really? It's been yeah. all text or, or? All text. Like, once I got into college, it was all all tech well no yeah that was facebook messenger yeah it's been all online i have never not like as a like 20 something person i have never been asked out face to face so then i have a question how for anybody how does that make you feel is it more comforting that they've asked you out that way so you don't have to either say no to their face and you can just do it via text or like i wouldn't say it's any better if you like want to say no because i'm just bad at that i'm like um um uh, i'm sorry <laughs> like i just can't i can't handle it and she literally texts that um um uh, no, um yeah. i think i'm busy like i don't know what to say it's bad yeah. it's ugh, the worst but like I don't know. It's so, it's such like the norm, at least I guess for a lot of the people that I've known that you don't really think about it. It doesn't seem weird until you talk to other people that are like, yeah, no, I would call someone. You're like, oh yeah, for sure. That totally makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but no, I just don't think I'm like, I'm, I'm really, I'm racking my brain and I don't think I've ever, maybe one guy asked me to go out with him via phone call maybe but we were already kind of hanging out so i don't know if that really counts that guy turned out to be a wang too so well. oh, i was gonna say that counts. Oh, no. he was a wang <laughs> um let's see here um oh at, at this point he ends up reading a quote in a southern accent and says i'm just gonna keep doing the southern accent for the rest of the book because i love it uh which once again stepping out of the actual book which was funny um that. There was a theory presented that uh, because we are texting so much, uh, it could be causing the part of our brain to atrophy uh, when it comes to talking to people. You know, I, could, I believe that. I believe that, too. I don't like talking to anybody on the phone anymore. I, no, I don't like talking with people on the phone either, but as someone who works at a high school, 
I know these kids are mostly texting each other, but mm-hmm. my God, they still, believe me, they still know how to talk a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't well, know if it's necessarily atrophied. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> see, that's the thing. It's like, I feel like when I sit down with my friends, like we like to talk and have like face-to-face conversations. I call my best friend a lot to just sit on the phone and talk with her. Mm-hmm. Because I like texting her, but it's nice to talk with her. Right. I think with like casual with friends and casual conversation, it's still a thing. But with dating, it's increasingly texting, and they don't people don't like to call. Like it's very rare that I'll get a phone call from a guy that I've been talking to, especially to ask me out on a date. Like it's usually via text, but just to like chat. You know, I just want to talk to them sometimes if I can't see them. And, yeah, you don't get that very often because, like, people are afraid. Or they don't think you want to. There's, like, an aversion to, like, lulls in conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, no one wants to deal with, like, the sometimes, like, little awkward, which isn't always necessarily, necessarily a bad thing or a sign that you're not, like, connecting. Just sometimes when you're meeting someone new, it's kind of hard to, like, talk with them face-to-face like that. And I think maybe that's why we do that. Yeah, but like he said, too, like, sometimes it's more convenient to send things because you don't have to deal with emotions, or if it's something mean, you know, you don't have to see their reaction, or, you know, mm-hmm. the breakup thing, which I think is completely shitty, breaking up with someone via text or whatever, but um, that's why a lot of people just gone to that, unfortunately. The, um, at this point in the book, he, he brings up, um, uh, straightwhiteboytext.com um and at this at this this point i literally hit pause pulled off my earphones and looked at christy and said i have a website i'm sure you will probably enjoy (laughs) oh i'm sure she loves it uh yeah we went and looked at you know i don't know if she ever went back to it but i definitely had to look up some of them so and then of course they list some of the worst texts the endless haze the um never getting to the point never scheduling anything uh too shy to actually ask out, unfortunately, that would be me. Um, bad grammar. We discussed this a little bit on uh, on, <laughs> on the show Saturday night. Um, and the, pretty much the conclusion is um, unless you have a flip phone, your grammar better be decent. And if you have a flip oh, phone, God. just call because it's easier. To, <laughs> it'd be easier to call than to actually text on the flip phone. So, Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. A uh, good text listed, though, said specifically invite to do something, um, recall the last interaction, um, stuff like that. So, I mean, but I mean, t- to me, that was just like, duh, like, yeah, of 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 course, like if. But yeah, you're shaking your head. I, I know what I think is normal is not normal. I know this. I'm no, just saying, what you so. think is normal and is the thing that you should do. But people are dumb and don't do that. And I don't know why. Couldn't tell you. I um, wish. I think if more people were very, like more, especially when men are asking like someone out, I feel like if they would be more to the point about, we should go do X Y Z on X Y Z at X Y Z. Like, there's something really attractive about someone who's like, no, I want to hang out with you on this day. We're gonna go do this. Let's meet up at this time. Yeah, it's forward. It's to the point. It let. There's no guessing games. I know that you want to come and hang out with me. I don't have to sit here and have the ridiculous internal conversation of. You can just you you know where you stand. 
Sorry, that's really frustrating to me. No, I, believe, <laughs> I like I said, I was not confident, uh, you know, in that time of my life. And yes, I would have definitely probably fallen into that category. Of course, I was always also trying to. I specifically remember, um, I had a, a neighbor. She lived like across the, the 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 way from me. I wasn't interested in dating her or anything. We were just friends. And I'm I'm sure it was because she was having some issues with her boyfriend or whatever. And I was like, hey, why don't we why don't we just go get something to eat? And she's like, okay. I'm like, well, what would you like? And she just like went off and was just like, won't you just be a fucking man and just pick something? I'm just like, okay, that's Bye. all right. Uh, but I'm, for some reason, you know those stupid things that always stick with you. That was one of those things. And I was just like, I was trying to be nice. I was trying to ask, hey, is there something that you you want to do? But even I, I still run into that with my wife from time to time. Hey, are you hungry? What do you want to eat? And the reason why I don't pick anything is because it gets shot down. <laughs> hey, do you want Taco Bell? No, not tonight. Okay. Uh, I don't want a burger either. Okay. I don't why, know if I want pizza. Yeah. I'm like, well, then you pick something. That's why Parker won't. He hates having that conversation with me. He will, like, cut me off at the pass when he's like, are you hungry? But you have to tell me what you want. Yes. And that's, crazy. <laughs> that's that's why three, two, one is one of my favorite things ever where I go, all right, fine. I'm going to pick three things. You pick two of those three and then I pick the final one and that's it. We're done. If you don't like the three choices, then you get to pick something else. So you um, have to tell Parker that trick because I think oh, it'll help us a lot. <laughs> three, two, one is great. So literally you'd be like, well, I'm hungry. Okay. Is there anything you don't want? No. All right. Well, then we're going to uh, Pizza Hut, McDonald's or... Uh, Taco Bell, and then you would pick two of those three, and then I pick the final one. And that's where we go. So, um, I can't remember who taught me that trick, but I love that. Anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, let's see here. Oh, so I wrote on there that I was gonna I was gonna talk about because um, we were talking about interacting and stuff. Um, the first message that so like I said, I met my wife online, and uh, this was before like any of the big dating sites. Uh, like I think I I think we used Excite or whatever. And um, I just set the radius for like three miles because I was like, oh, I could drive to Dallas. Um, and Three miles? Uh, 300 three miles? Three hours. Three hours, not three, three miles. Hours. Three hours. Oh. Um, <laughs> 300 miles. Shut up, Lainey. Yeah, I don't know that. distance. <laughs> uh, well, apparently I don't know time. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, I swear it's just water in this bottle. Yeah, we um, so like I, you know, saw a couple of different posts. Um, um, uh, thought were interesting or whatever and um her post was the one that particularly grabbed me um it literally started off now we're talking pre-2000 we're talking about 1990 no wait a minute we're talking about right around 2000 i guess 99 2000 um it literally starts off i'm a slut go on And then, so and then literally the next line is just kidding. If that's what you're looking for, move on. And I thought anyone who's got the balls to put that out online might be worth meeting. Uh, so I wrote her an email and I noticed that her account had been up for, you know, a little while or whatever. And I just wrote, I said, Hey, you know, you seem interesting. Here's a little bit about myself. Um, if you've already met, this was, this is what got me the call back. Um, she's, I said, uh, if you know, if you've already found someone, great. I hope you are happy with that person. Uh, you know, basically just and genuinely just wished her, you know, good luck. Hopefully, you know, if you've already found someone, that's awesome. You know, just don't worry about me or whatever. And that's what got me, you know, 
uh, or you know, written back. So, um, but yeah, so I mean, like that's would technically be the last time that I've done any kind of dating communication like that. So, um, oh, and then he talks about the texting games. Oh, this this uh... drives me. T- um, how long do you wait to text? Research shows uh, now on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, some people see it as oh, uh, I was researching other people, but no, texting games, and the stuff that he listed blew my mind. It's calculations it's people have for yeah, if it's true. if all it took it. them an hour to text me, I'm gonna wait two hours to text them back. Well, and it's, it's I hate so that shit. Well, like in, in a not in a productive way. No, seeing yourself just nerve it's just full of anguish it just seems so unnecessary and like mm-hmm. if you want to talk to somebody fucking talk to them fuck off i don't care i'm gonna text you three times in a row buzz buzz is me it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah i would i would i don't know if i'd be successful now because i if i want someone i'm gonna go get you i'm exactly. not gonna play coy i'm not gonna beat her on the bush i will be like i like you Let's get it on. Like that's what I would say. And it, there you go. But I so the game. I don't get the games. I don't understand why people think that it's productive. Why would you this think is, that you're going to get what you want out of that? This is part of the reason dating is so frustrating today because people think you have to do that. And and I've had people tell me, oh, don't text them right away or wait a few hours or whatever. And I'm like, no, if I'm interested in someone. I'm just going to respond if I'm available. If I'm not, then I'll respond when I am. But like, I don't think it makes me look desperate. If I'm interested, I want them to know. I don't want them to guess and then get tired of waiting, you know, like it's just exactly. stupid. I don't have the patience for that. I don't have the time for that shit. Too many things to think about. <laughs> like, that's right. But, ugh, so frustrating. Well, that's the thing is I feel like that's insulting too. It's like, oh yeah, I definitely have the time to sit around and calculate how long it's been since you texted. Fuck yeah. off. He's yeah. gonna text you, and if you don't respond to me, like, like if a guy doesn't respond for hours and hours, you know, like, I get sometimes you're you're busy, but but come on, like, don't play that game with me. You know, I've had guys do that too, and, or and they're always do the busy thing, or whatever. Do the thing where you say like, oh, "I'm really sorry, I was doing da da da." Okay, right. Yeah. But like, if you really like someone, let's be honest, you're gonna make the time for them, and you can't wait to talk to them constantly. Absolutely. That's how I. Feel. I feel like if you're going to play those games just with texting, you're going to do that in a relationship. Exactly. Probably so. I've already said yeah. up. Like, I play games, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, he talks about researching people on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, so on and so forth. Uh, never had that option available. Uh... <laughs> maddening. It's so maddening. <laughs> so I, I take it you've done some researching? Oh, yeah, like, I stalk people all the time, but <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, fuck yeah. If I like someone, the first Own thing it, I do is, well, when I meet someone, if I like, if I'm interested, first thing I'll do is go on Facebook to see if they're single, if I can tell if they're single. And then if I, if they're not, then I stop. If if I can't tell, then I'll, you know, maybe try to do a little more digging. But, like, yeah, if I, if I like someone a lot, then I might, you know, read up on them and look at pictures just to get some ideas of, if we're compatible, what they're about. Um, but I've like kind of backed off, you know, in the last year or so, year, couple of years, because it's like, it kind of takes away from the excitement of getting to know them. And it's also a little counterproductive because like he said in the book, you might find one stupid little thing and yep. be turned off by it. Mm-hmm. And 
in real life, it probably wouldn't bother me as much, you know, but I don't know. It, it, I feel like it's a blood sword. <laughs> I feel like you have to be like, I, I've, I'm a fan of snooping. I think you don't want to snoop too hard when you first start seeing somebody, but I feel like, like the, the example he used about like, she's a Red Sox fan. Okay. Yeah. Like get over yourself. That's a dumb reason to not go out with someone. No, if you're looking at their Facebook and you're like, oh, he's a huge fucking racist. Maybe you don't want to go out with that guy. Oh, you know? he voted for Trump. Just kidding. Right. Or like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like if you find out like, oh, like he, what's that one thing that one girl found out that this guy had gone oh, to jail with his lady. mother for beating up an old yeah. That's an important thing to find out. That yeah. is important stuff to find yeah. out. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like snooping is okay. You don't want to like hardcore <laughs> deep dive. You don't have like bank statements on this guy, but it doesn't hurt to do a teeny tiny bit of research. And that's understandable, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's the that's you the be asking your friend if they know the person will tell me about the person. That's, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to bring up. That yeah. goes back to even the way back to, oh, I married the guy in the, who lives in the same building because that person would have surely asked, oh, what's your neighbor like or what's your, what's your buddy like or whatever. So, yeah, that's same thing, just not quite on that level. But yeah. they, did that in, they did that in Greece when they're asking yeah. each other about – come on now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, you got to be careful when you're snooping not to accidentally like something from like <laughs> two years ago or, you know, I have learned on something that you saw that you wouldn't have had any other way of knowing about, at least not right away. <laughs> I've learned how to fix that whole thing where you like accidentally like something because you're stalking someone's page. Yeah. I know you can do this on Instagram. You might be able to do it on Facebook too. But if you like something, like if you're deep diving on someone's Instagram and you accidentally like something, Unlike it super fast, go all the way back up and like their newest picture. So they still have like that notification is there, but it doesn't look like you're being a total fucking weirdo. <laughs> Good information. You're welcome. I do that with um, people that I know casually more than I do that with people that I like would ever want to date. Gotcha. I just like to know things. Pink. No. Uh, That's um, your- tip from your neighborhood creeper that's right you're welcome uh it it talks about um okay cupid 40,000 dates a day uh computer dating starting back in the 60s using the punch cards which i thought was interesting just as a computer geek um hilarious the classified ads being big in the 80s and 90s you know i remember that was kind of a big thing you know hearing about that um And then the video dating in the 80s that he specifically brings up and he's like, go, go watch some of the videos on YouTube. Not, I haven't done that, but it was one of those things I was like, that might be kind of interesting. It's funny. Oprah did a show. So there's snippets on YouTube now from that old uh-huh. show Oprah did. It is funny. We did it in Alaska or something like that. I don't know, but it's funny. Oh, um, no. In 2005 to 2012, one third of all couples met online. 38% of singles today uh, have now used an online dating service. Um, uh, yeah, surprise, surprise. Women get much more attention than men do online. Um, and then he talks about getting super picky and dismissing people over simple things. Um, and then it says, like, online dating, you know, has become a chore for many people. Um, and they don't put that much effort into it. And you, you kind of mentioned that a little bit on the show Saturday, right, Jen? Yeah, it it can like kind of consume all of your time at, at points 
where you're like obsessively checking it. Um, but then you also get to a point where you're just kind of like, oh, great, another message, you know, another, I'll send this guy a message if I think something's interesting, but your heart's not really in it because you just get so burnt out on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about the fact that, as he put it, most people uh, suck at dating online because they it, the main thing is is they don't really know what they want or they are too granular with it. And uh, I completely understand that. Um, I think Ray even mentioned it, and I know uh, I know Will mentioned it. Like, if I were going to current day be trying to uh, uh, look for someone, I would not have ended up with my wife. It's just let's just start with some basic stuff. Um, I generally prefer brunettes. She's a blonde. Yeah. So in today's in today's you know, dating, if I had put down, oh, preferred brunettes, it probably would have never shown me, you know, my wife. And that's something that's like, wow, that's kind of really scary. So it's like, <laughs> are you really general and they're really a really wide net that ends up, you know, catching a lot of garbage? Or, you know, do you get, do you like really, you know, you know, zoom down and then you're like, oh, wow, there's one person and I've already dated them. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> like what they talked about in the, uh, uh, talking about for the small towns. I thought that was kind of funny. So. Uh-oh. Like when, when a lot of, a lot of the message I used to get when I was online were from guys who would do the just, Hey, what's up? And, and not really like indicate that they read my profile or were trying to get to know me. The ones that really stood out that I would usually answer are the ones that would cite something from my profile or said something funny or different, you know, like even a, even a bad pickup line, like as a joke, you know? would get me versus just the, Hey, how's it going? I always, when I initiated a message would try to find something in their profile worth, you know, pointing out to show that I was, you know, we connected on this or I like this or that. So I think people just, they are lazy. They're bad at dating because they don't try. They don't, they can just, you know, throw a sloppy message out there and get. Or the copy paste message that he talks about that some people do. Yes. Or so many dudes, too, just literally, especially on, like, Tinder and stuff, they just, they're swiping stuff. I think that they can't keep track of all of the women that they might have matched with because they just literally, I've I've met guys that use Tinder that have specifically told me, oh, yeah, when I'm looking to meet girls on this, I don't even look at it. I'm literally just swiping right because I know that they're going to be a lot pickier. And then they just send them a, hey, what's up? Fuck that. What the hell? Like... I don't know. I, I think that that's silly. Yeah, but yeah. They're, they're also missing out themselves, too, right? Like, they know that the women are going to be more picky, but, you know, you deserve to be choosy as well, right? Like, yes. don't swipe because either you're horny or, you you know, you've been told it's okay to do that. Like, pick it or don't well, do it at all. <laughs> and then it's like a weird, I don't know, I've always, the guys that have told me that they do that, when they describe why they do that to me, what it reminds me of is like some gross power play where it's like, yeah, I'm just going to like all these girls because the ones that I match with, I know that they definitely like me back. And then I get to choose like what the yeah. fuck off. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's toxic, <laughs> toxic masculinity at its finest. One of the things it mentions, uh, it does say is that, uh, you know, a lot of people will text or, or message, you know, forever to infinity and it's like you know you should from what they figured out two or three max and then you need to meet this person because after that you may just be spinning your wheels and i can definitely see that um 
granted, I don't know how long my wife and I like emailed first before we like finally exchanged phone numbers and then we eventually finally, you know, met in person. I know that's a little bit different situation, uh, but but Email still it's like one of those letters. things you want to like do what? I said emails feel like almost like you're send it's like I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna sound like a millennial. Please excuse me. It's almost like sending back like love letters back and forth with someone. Do you know what I mean though? Because no, you yeah, can't it's not fast. You're having to like write out this whole thing and maybe you add in a couple of funny things and maybe you tell them a little bit more about yourself and then it's, you're so excited to get it back and then you get it back. Like there's still the anticipation there with the messaging. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's like the messaging is just like, meh, 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 meh. and then it's eventually maybe <laughs> he's going to ask you out, but it's, there's no more real anticipation because you've been talking for two weeks. You've yeah. got mail. Oh, and you know, he's just going to be like, how was your day? Like, Fuck off. Yeah. Um, speaking of Tinder, it talks about it was started in 2011. Um, How does it been that long? Yeah, 2015 had 50 million users. Uh, originally, they set it up to play it like a game. It was originally kind of based off of Grinder, which was mainly for uh, uh, gays. Um, and it's kind of become a big dating app, you know, not just a hookup app, you know, especially in larger cities. So, um, and then, okay, so. As a person of my age, I have never used Tinder. Um, everything I pretty much had heard about Tinder was, oh, it's just a hookup app. Um, would you agree to that? Would you agree with that? Would you say that, no, it's definitely... She met on Tinder. Do what now? My sister just married a guy she met on Tinder. Okay, so see, <laughs> it can be more than just, yeah. It can be, but I will say I think that that is the exception and not the rule. I know like a couple people that have met long-term people on Tinder, but for the most part, it, even people that get on there that say that like, oh, I'm not just looking for a hookup, it's not usually the case. It's so instant gratification. I think it just kind of lends itself to that. So, But some people do. They get on there and they meet somebody and make a way deeper connection, and that's awesome. So, But I don't know. I Everyone yeah. I've ever known that's really used it, that seems to be their their whole thought of, of it as well that seems to be or their impression of it as well mm-hmm. i agree the uh I, i've been off and i was off and on it for years um and i put on my profile like not here for hookups and of course they don't even read your profile so <laughs> that didn't matter but um not if they're swiping right on everything yeah exactly yeah like that's pointless but most of the guys i would talk to would normally end up only wanting that or you know end up not being interesting anyway. So I, I know a few people that met and are still together on Tinder though, from Tinder, though. I think it's just like anything else. You're going to have some of each. Mm-hmm. Um, it, uh, now, of course, you know, I'm, there, you know, at this point, it's kind of, it's not really bashing online dating. It's just kind of really kind of pointing out some of the, 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 the downside to it. But then he does bring up the fact that like, uh, in certain and uh, other in foreign countries like Qatar, um, like this is allowing especially the women there to like actually have some freedom and and you know because it is still uh, very locked down for them and they're actually able to uh, get out and and you know experience something more like what we have here in the West. So um, and then he talks about this story. He tells this story about how his dad had an arranged marriage. I love he, that story. There were. Three women, and he basically said one was too tall, one was too short, and there was one in the middle. I talked to her for 30 minutes. We got married, and yeah. we're still married. And he's like, 
it takes me forever to decide on what to eat going back to what you were bringing up and i end up eating just peanut butter and jelly <laughs> i love so urges do have they have like a 80 or 90 percent success rate now some of that is because the women don't have options they can't leave but yeah yeah it's cultural. the ones that are in a more developed nation that happen it's because they grow their relationship over time they know they're not getting married they're not in love when they get married it'll happen eventually so it's more that they grow together knowing that yeah i, I just that, don't get that I don't know that I would yeah. never freaking do it, but it was just that. Frozen, so that's such a high success. I knew I, three I knew a guy people in high school. Sorry. Go on, Lainey. I knew three different people in high school who had parents that were in arranged marriages. And they were all very different. Mm-hmm. You know, one was kind of what everybody pictures is going to happen, where it's basically like two strangers living in the house. And then another girl, her parents, they met like, two days before their wedding and whatever and got married and they, you know, it started off a little strange, but they fell like deeply and like just very, very madly in love with each other. And then there was another one where they were, they, they definitely loved each other. They weren't as like head over heels crazy as the other couple was, but they, it was a very companion kind of a thing they had a lot of mutual respect for each other and it was like a good solid foundation of Mm -hmm. a marriage so I don't know I think a lot of it really has more to do with like the two people entering into it but I don't think it's like totally crazy you know no like marriage itself is kind of fucking nuts so (laughs) I knew this guy this older guy that worked at a little computer store I was at and he met his wife like I can't I think he said he he talked to his wife he met his wife the day before they got married and like she didn't even hardly speak a lot of English and I'm like how like how long have y'all been married he's like oh we've been married for like 50 years it's just like well fuck dude yeah <laughs> so all of it yeah but yeah it's, I I, it definitely it. depends I just, on the people always feel like I'm missing out or this is you know like what are the odds that this one person is the one but I'm also looking for that companion or that passionate like soulmate connection you know like they're talking about people didn't have the option for back in the day and Mm -hmm. i i just think it's tragic personally but again that's one of those things you can't judge if you're not in it um but there's a show now where like people meet and then get married what's it called like married at first yeah married at first like something like that man it's stupid crazy awful oh god it's so bad it gives me so such bad anxiety because that's uh, the thing like i don't think it's something i could ever do i don't think arranged marriage is the thing that i could ever do but i definitely understand the logic behind it and i definitely think that it de- works for a lot of people mm-hmm. but it, the the reality show just totally freaks me out because it's uh, a reality show and that's why exactly doing the reality it. Like, show Look kind of super mean guy <laughs> The, the reality show aspect kind of pulls in a certain crowd if it were, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like if it's if it's your parents that are arranging this marriage, that's one thing they, you know, but a show producer is like, no, let's let's get the most bang like, for the buck here. The real world. Yeah, no joke. Wow. Oh. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so it, it goes on, talks about minimal options tend to be 
uh, people tend to have uh, tend to be happier with the fewer options, but then it goes way to the extreme, and it goes to this little town that basically has no one, and they're all like, "Yeah, everyone's pretty much dated everyone here, and there's no one left at this point." So, um, but uh, let's see here. Uh, tend to overanalyze what little info they have on people, um, and don't really take to get to know them. That was one of the other things. It was like you know, people tend to kind of gloss over. They're like, there were a few people. They're like, no, I think you know there's some good people here. You're just not, people aren't taking the time to like really get to know them or whatever. So, um, and then it talks about the types of dates and it specifically says, you know, um, it, it's, it's better to go on a, a date that is, uh, is interesting, you know, not just the normal, you know, sit down, eat dinner, go to uh, go to a movie or whatever. What's funny is, um, um, of the, of the group that was on the show Saturday night, um, there were three couples on there and all three couples were like, no, my favorite type of date is honestly going to eat dinner, watching a movie and then having an in-depth discussion after the movie about what it is we liked or disliked about the movie. So, um, but, uh, and then Jen, you said you, you, you preferred the, um, take me on an adventure. Yeah. yeah. Adventure. That's the word I was looking for. So I think that's yep. the difference between the passionate and the companion love. Because, yeah, because I've been with my boyfriend forever, and our favorite date is movie, dinner, talk about the mm-hmm. movie. But, yeah, when, when you're first meeting someone, you want to find something you can enjoy together, you know, something different. And you learn more about them, I think, in a different scenario than if you're just, like, forcing conversation and awkwardly trying to think of things to say, you know? Yeah. You go on a roller coaster with them, get something to laugh about, you see how they react under pressure, blah, 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 and, you know. How they handle lines and stupid people. <laughs> that is it oh, is, handling lines. That's why I like the whole restaurant thing too, is because I went out with a group of friends. Well, it was I went with my best friend, and she has different friends than I have. And I went because you know she's my best friend. It was her birthday, and I sat across from one of her friends, and the way she treated the waitress, yeah, just like you're a bitch. I don't call women that very rarely because I hate that word, but it's like just being flat out bitchy to this poor woman who's trying to serve you your food. So I think seeing somebody, yeah, if you see them treat people who are in the service industry, uh, be, uh, things that don't go on time or their way, uh, yeah, setting up scenarios where you can sort of see that, I think is very, very telling in somebody because that's how they're going to do it every single time. If they're... Yeah. If they're freaking out because the line's too long or, they, or they're running later, the person in front of them cut them off, then chances are that's who they are. Then yep. they're a brat and you don't want to hang out with them. Yeah, I don't want to hang out with a brat. Just think of that deleted scene from Rise with Paul Rudd and where they go on the date. Did y'all see that? No. I don't think I've seen that. No. He freaks out. They're like having a great dinner and then they, and, and he's like perfect and then they go ice skating and he trips and this kid like you know bumps into him or barely touches him and he flips out on the kid and starts hauling him a little bastard and you know his his finger is like bruised and he's like i need to go to the the medic right now and he gets in there and he like pushes a kid aside to get seen it's just the worst i, but I need to go back and watch that that sounds hilarious watch that's that. in the deleted scene it's great <laughs> oh and that was a be a person i would avoid be like, nope, yeah, absolutely. Yep. And we're done. <laughs> you're, you're, you're done. You're done. 
Um, it's at this point that um, they decided they wanted to see how things were done uh, in the rest of the world, so he makes a trip to Tokyo. Um, and Common. this was eye-opening to me. Okay. Uh, 2013, 45% of women, 16 to 24, um, had no interest in sex at all. 25% of men, uh, same thing. 18 to 34, not in a relationship. 61% of men, 49% of women. Um, a third of all under 30 had never dated. 35 to 39, a quarter had never had sex. Yeah. It's the lack of interest that baffles me. Yes. Just a total lack of, I don't even care. I don't want it. And it talks about, um, it, it talks about the, the part of the reason for that is, uh, well, number one, J- Japan's birth rate is literally at the, like near the bottom there. Um, but it talks about a lot of that they think is because of the worth ethic, ethic there. Everyone is basically like, all right, you know, they're, we already know um, uh, Japanese culture is very heavy on education, and they heavily drill their kids into doing the very best they can in education, and I'm sure that carries on into their job. And like a lot of people in all countries, but maybe not to that extreme, a lot of them were like, well, then screw everything else. I'm going to focus on my job or my career and, you know, whatever. So, um, but I was like, okay, that's – that's interesting. I can kind of see that. And then they, then they dropped the, the, the big thing. And I was like, what the hell is a herbivore man? <laughs> oh, what made me so mad is as soon as he said it, I was like, I know exactly what that is. Um, for those of you who are not, it. uh, and, and, and yeah, so very passive, shy, no interest in sex, 60% of men in their thirties um identified as being a herbivore man um i, I guess I, i've always been Look very shy. for women that's all i have to say yeah i have been very I've, I've i've always been very shy but like there was still interest that completely baffles me the fact that it's just like no dude they i go to work been... and then on the weekends i hang out with my bros and play video games but it's just all they... those boys i guess they don't think they need a real woman but it's not even that they've just given up and they've even mentioned that um i need to know that she's totally into me completely before i even thought to even put interest out there because i can't handle the rejection and it's like really buddy seriously you don't you have to be coddled that much yeah Yes. And so I've been getting rejected for hundreds of years. You know. Yeah. It. So then they have the, the offset of that, which is the carnivore women who are like, you know what? I want some. <laughs> I'm going to do this myself. You can't do it for me. And, you know, it's that that would be so frustrating to live in a culture where the men are like, meh. And it's just like. <laughs> well, and what I love about it is that, and I do mean this sarcastically, but what I love about it is the fact that. There's all these herbivore men, and then you have these carnivorous women, mm-hmm. and then the men complain about the woman being too forward. Yes. Yeah. Like, they can't, it's not good, like, they're never going to get their own way, so what's the point? Like, she's too aggressive, but Just, I need to know that she likes me. But how do more she, things change? Yeah. Like, it's, stay the same. They're doomed if this is what's going to happen. We're gonna I'm no almost surprised Japanese. there wasn't a huge uptake after this book came out of single men in America just like getting on the flight and being like, I'm going to fucking Japan. <laughs> I'm going to live like a king. <laughs> because right? they can't handle it either. Because they don't like it either. 
Mm-hmm. Like what? The women being so aggressive? Yeah, the women being super forward and like being like, no, actually, this is what I want. And that's well, it. Fuck that. I'm all I agree that. with that because I am told constantly that I am intimidating. So that's uh, oh, the main you reason. Are a people... little... No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Seriously, though, it is the most fucking annoying thing to hear because basically what you're saying is you can't handle a woman who can like take care of herself. You want to have to take care of somebody. And so like, okay, what are you looking for? You're looking for someone that doesn't think for themselves, that doesn't, you know, have any well, opinions, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's just the dumbest thing, I think. And why is that an insult for you? But for a lot of men, that would be like, exactly. you know, a sign of, ooh, it's kind of intimidating. I kind of like it. That's not, that's, a, that's stupid. Like saying I'm intimidating as if I should stop. Oh, okay, you want me to dumb myself down then? You want me to be like more passive and, and you know, not think for myself? I, I don't know. I don't get it. So I'm like, well, if that's what you want in a woman, I'm, you know, just going to either find someone else or be single forever. Cause I'm going to say move along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, oh, so this was something else that really, like, really surprised me is they're like, you know, so they figured, you know, Japan, highly technologically evolved society, probably all about that date, that online dating life. Nope. They don't mm-hmm. do the dating thing online. And in fact, the thing that really, was was funny was they talked about like their date their uh, profile pictures how most of them don't even use a picture of themselves they they <laughs> like consider a taking cooker. a selfie to be douchey and they're like yeah they use pictures of their cats or their rice cooker and I'm just like what <laughs> I would do so well in Japan <laughs> look at oh, yeah, the picture of my cat just your cat and your dogs yes Mary <laughs> and Molly forever done yeah um. And then they talk about relationship replacements. Um, the hostess slash host bars, basically they pay attention to you. No sex. Soapland. I love <laughs> that. I'm going to pay that? to lay on an air-up mattress and have a near-naked woman get all soapy and basically just... Re- what? I mean, if that's your thing, okay, but... What? What's your job? Well, <sighs> I get soaped up and then wriggle. And awesome. probably make fucking bank. Oh, yeah. Like, you know those girls are pulling down so much money. Oh, yeah. yeah. For the amount of money they spend in one of those places, they could buy dinner for a girl and get laid for a tenth of the cost, I'm sure. Yeah. Just- probably. But the uh-huh. thing is, it also says is most of them aren't expecting that. They're just, they just want the... The, the touch. They don't want the, the full oh, sexual which experience. Which bodes well for Japan, because that's the thing, is they still want the physical touch. It's not that it's not there. They just gotta stop being such little babies about it. Um, and then they brought up the... And I'm glad I'm the only guy on here tonight. Uh, the, the Tinga? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a real thing. Like, that's a thing in America, oh, too. I know that? it's a real thing. Um, I'm just going to... Uh, especially, you know, since we have a, a, a new person on the show, I'm just going to leave it at this and say, um, uh, you know, you, you've ever heard that, uh, you, you've heard that saying some, you know, you just can't, sometimes you can't improve on the perfect mousetrap. That's all I'm going to leave with that one. Um, moving on. Um, 
Argentina, 60%. Now, here's where we go to the flip side. Argentina, 60% of women get catcalls harassed on the street. Like, they basically can't walk down the street without being essentially sexually harassed completely. Not just not just a catcall. Like, they, they're, like they talked about it, and I'm like, I'd fucking be shooting people. That's ridiculous. Um, they don't use dating sites, but they use social media a lot. Uh, texting's really big. Um and they're really down with the whole having a uh, uh, a side piece, as it were, uh, to use, to, as the kids would say nowadays. That's um, a record show that Eugene just said side piece. I sure as fuck did. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, it. Oh, this is my favorite show ever. Record show. Um, <laughs> hysterica, hysterica. Um, they press interest and then suddenly disappear whenever you show interest back, which I was like, what the what? We call <laughs> that ghosting oh, here ghosting. in America, right? Straight up uh, ghost someone. Yeah, many flirt with others in relationship, have backups. I'm like, okay. Um, and wh- here's what I also thought was interesting. Um, um, I hope I'm saying this right. Chongos? AKA mm-hmm. strongman. Basically, it's just going back to the go back to the hip term I just used. Having basically a side piece just for sex. Like, no, no, he's just a chongo. I'm not interested in him. I love that. I'm like, okay. It's like, look at this meathead that I drag around town with me. Exactly. Ampex. That's all he is. Ampex. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what he is. Um, he can't even run, but he's pretty. No. <laughs> How cute he is. Um. <laughs> Now this was something else that kind of was I thought was interesting. Sexting started with Polaroids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I understand the mentality for that. I just <laughs> I love the idea of people taking photos, sending them to a photo hut to get developed, and then sending them in a letter to someone you know else. And it was not a Polaroid. I know. Yeah. I know. I just I I love that that was a thing. That makes me LOL so hard. I cannot deal. <laughs> Um, half of 18 to 24 year old, 24 year olds have received a sext. A third of older teens sent sext. Uh, more likely to send sext if you own a smartphone. iPhone users twice as likely to use to do it as a Android user. I don't okay. Um, and the most now this was the other thing. Most popular time to sext was Tuesday morning from 10 a.m. to 12 p. Uh, to 12 p.m. <laughs> There's like nothing going on on a Tuesday. Just gonna... Do y'all just not work on Tuesdays? Like, well, this is I think I think people that are doing that at that time are probably college students. Mm. I guess. So I don't know. Most people that I know that are in school do like Monday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday classes. So if you have like a Monday, Wednesday class, which most people like, okay. you don't have a class on Tuesday, or you have a late class. To... I don't know. I was in college once. It reminds yeah. me of that. I get it. I can see where that might be the lull in your schedule. Yeah. Married couples just as likely to send a sex. I'm just like, what? You're like, you're at work. It's like 10 a.m. It's like, oh, well, I'm taking a picture of my penis and my wife. Because <laughs> you know what? It's Tuesday. Um, I know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's Wednesday and I got my business socks on. So. It, it's taco <laughs> night tonight, baby. Right. Um, oh, God, you cheen. Oh, I meant that isn't like Taco Tuesdays. I didn't mean it that way. Taco Tuesday. Gutter. That's a reason why I didn't say it, Eugene. That's why I didn't say it. I know, it. and that's why I went there. Um, uh, sex becomes empowering, keeps relationships spicy, long distance, explain. Um, 
my wife is friends with lots of of women who have husbands that you know have been deployed and are overseas and yes that is a very common thing and i'm just like you know i i completely understand that shit um biggest fear of course is images being leaked so on and so forth celebrity hacks this that and the other um and then it, you know it, it kind of goes into you know, people are still ashamed for oh well they're 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 you know there are pictures they took of themselves leaked or whatever, and they kind of go after them. And, you know, if you're a celebrity and you want to do that, that's fine. I, I'm not bashing you for doing it. You know, if you, you know, are proud of your body, go yeah. for it. That's not, not that's my problem. My thing is, is just like, just remember, you are a celebrity. You have a much bigger target on your back than you know, Joe Blow that, you know, no one knows. It's like, you know, hey, I've got, you know, half a million followers on, on Instagram and stuff. They might be trying to see if there's extra pictures on your account. I'm just saying. So, so just you proceed with caution. It. But when it, if, if and when it does happen, I do own get it. really pissed off at people that are like, well, they shouldn't have been. Fuck off. You don't exactly. ever take yeah. pictures of your butt in the mirror? Really? You don't? I just, I don't know. I think that that's dumb. It's just all the shaming needs to stop in general. You know, Thank you. let people yeah. let people do their own thing, and who gives a shit? It doesn't hurt you. you Go after been, the people you know. that think it's okay to bust into someone's privacy like that, because that's right. fucked up. That's not gonna get yeah any shit. It's what they find. Exactly. Um, it also talks about the. Uh, it also goes on to talk about AshleyMadison.com. Uh, my wife did not know what that was until, like, you know, they had that big hack or whatever. Really? Yes. And that, that's always an interesting conversation. How do you know what it is? Because I know <laughs> what <you>? it is. <laughs> Everybody knows what it is. That's what I thought, too. But, you know. Um, let's see. Most use uh, 20 to 40% married people, U.S., and 25% married women uh, have at least one affair. 70% of cheating is non-married, uh, committed pairs. 63% of men, 50% of women engaged in mate poaching. Um, 80% of men, 70% of women say spouse should confess on affair. 80% of both say um, it isn't right. And then they talked about France, where it's just like, eh. <laughs> We, we, I love the yeah the Valentine's Day like don't forget your mistress at all the flower shops that and stuff. That was hilarious. Well, and he made a good point of like it's kind of cool that they're a little bit more lenient with just like listen sometimes things happen. Mm-hmm. But he also made a good point about being like you know but at the same time it's kind of shitty because a lot of these women are kind of getting the raw end of the deal. Like the thing about the wife who at one point just started bagging the bones after dinner for the, the bones for the dog. dog yeah so but he brought up a really interesting quote of, from um someone that i really really love um esther perel she's a psychiatrist yep. and i think that i love i love the way that she puts this because i've had other people kind of say something similar to me and those are usually the people i know that have really strong stable relationships and that a lot of times people especially now look for a partner that can that can fulfill them in every single way and what used to take a village is now all put on the shoulders of like one other person in a relationship and that's not no you can't do that you're setting yourself up for failure so Mm -hmm. while I do not condone going out and cheating 
I also know people that for them, it's not necessarily a deal breaker and did not break up their relationship. You know, I don't know. I just, I think that the way that the French look at it is interesting. It's also, it goes a little bit too far, but I like the way that Esther Perel discuss it. If you've never read anything by her, by the way, you should go check it out because she's a genius. But the way that she talks about it. Oh no, I definitely want to read her book sometime on this show. Yeah. The way that she discusses infidelity is really interesting. And it puts it puts it into a new perspective that I think just like our civilization doesn't really look at it or our our culture doesn't really see it that way. So it's interesting. You should check it out. I guess my thing is like if you're going to be in a quote unquote open relationship and sleep with other people, then why call it a relationship? Like I, I don't get that to me. If to, to me, a relationship is being monogamous with someone. So if you're seeing other people, that's not a relationship, but I'm just, that's just my opinion. I don't know. So I know people that are in open relationships and it's still a relationship because it's really just the way that people care for one another. It's people that are like tied together in some way, shape or form. I couldn't really do an open relationship. That's not something that I could ever foresee myself being in, but I do. I know people that do it and it works and I get why it's still a relationship because it's just the way that people are interconnected and intertwined with each other, you know? So yes, I would just always feel like they're going to like get with someone else and eventually leave or, you know, like lose interest or I don't know. I, I could never do it. So Ray and I have I the same, either. sorry, Ray and I have the same belief in that. Um, <clears throat> we both believe on a, on a base level, on a DNA level, humans are not monogamous creatures. We're just not. So knowing that and knowing that marriage and monogamy is a societal construct, it's something that's been put on us. With that said, if you choose monogamy, it is a choice. So therefore, because you're not hardwired for it, you have to work at it. If that's something that you're choosing to do, then you have to put the time and effort in. If you don't want monogamy and you want the open relationship or multiple partners or whatever, then you also have to put the time in to cherish those relationships too and have and be totally open and full consent on that. So with us, because we choose monogamy, it's constantly not – It's it sounds tedious, but it's like, you okay? I'm okay. How are you feeling? I'm good. How are you feeling? And you check in with each other because you want to make it work with that one person so that the other person doesn't feel like, you know what? You're not doing it for me anymore. I'm going to go check out. And you're left like, what the fuck happened? Why'd you cheat on me? See, I don't think that sounds tedious. I think it just sounds like healthy and, and, and yeah, you know, like choosing it. It's like for, for Ray and I, it's, yeah. it's not, it's just a normal thing that we discuss all the time. It's like, we, it's part of our conversation. It's not work for us, but if, but it is a choice. And it's an active, you know, choice that we've made. Conscious effort. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. conscious effort. It's not, it's me sound to you, it's not, but it's for us, that's what we want to do. And if, if it were different, then it would be different and it would be our mutual, it would be our consenting choice with each other. But right. I think you bring up a good point too about like just communication in general in a relationship. I think that's something. Yeah. I think that that's always something, not oh, yeah. one, I'm not going to say always, but I think that that's something that in a lot of cases leads to a lot of, of cheating and, you know. Yeah, because I feel like if you're going to be with somebody, it, that person is, now again, they don't have to be everything for you because that is ridiculous, but they should be your safe place. They should be that, at least that very one person yeah. that you could totally be yourself around where you don't feel your like person. you get judged. They're your person. Mm -hmm. So... 
if you're not feeling if you're not feeling that they're getting you or they're not if you're feeling something's off then you should feel comfortable enough to bring it up to that person and talk to them about it we know so many couples where we're like why the fuck didn't they just talk to each other why the hell are they hiding it from each other why why what would be the point why are you in a relationship if you're just gonna like live a double life what's the point Mm -hmm. Right. So it's you have to talk to the person. Communication above everything else is very, very, very important if you plan on having a long term relationship. Yeah, we could go What's on that? and on. And in fact, we, we probably should add uh, at some point or another, we should definitely read her book, Mating in Captivity, because it it's basically this tough, you know, this subject, but the deep dive on it. So um, and the woman is genius. So, <laughs> yes. Um. Sorry, just trying to, you know, for time, trying to keep moving on. How um, dare you? I know. Uh, Aziz st- uh, talks about stopping uh, going to bars and starts going to places like museums and stuff to try to find someone. Um, and we talked a little bit about that on the show Saturday night. Um, that was one of the things that was always – that's one of the reasons I tried online dating because I was working full-time and I was going to school full-time. There was like one girl in the entire program, the computer maintenance program that I was in, and – Everyone that I worked with was either dating or, or was either married or insane. So it's like, well, there's not a lot of options here. So, you know, but even then it was still like I would never would have been like, well, I'm going to go to a bar and hang out because I don't I don't like drinking like that and hanging out in that social, you know what I'm saying? Um, which, you know, on the show we talked about, you know, then where are the places you might want to go? And we brought up things like Geek Fest and conventions and stuff, you know, if that's what you're into. So, um. It talks about the fear of settling down. Um, I've never felt that. Like, to me, it was always the pressure of, okay, well, now instead of, and now if I fuck up, it's not just me I fucked up. It's me and possibly someone else. Like, that that was the thing for me. That was the thing like, oh, well, if I end up losing my job and, you know, whatever, that affects me. Now... Granted, she had her own job. My wife has always had her own job, and she has been, you know, uh, uh, been able to, you know, to hold her own. It's just, but it was still like, well, now she has to support me, or now that I'm pulling down the, you know what I'm saying? So that was the only thing. It was never like, I'm scared of getting into a relationship. Was That just never was me. But um, then he talks about how passion fades uh, after 12 to 18 months, uh, and then the companion love starts to grow in. Um, that's the good stuff. Do you know what I right. mean? That's the best like, kind. That's yeah. the good stuff. When that's you're just the, comfortable. I'm, yeah. I'm going to wear my know. jogging pants and look like a piece of crap, and you're going to think I'm hot. That's what that I'm going to wear this golden girl's robe, yeah. and it's going to be fine. Yeah. I'm not going to care. No. You're going to be like, I love you. You're pretty awesome. Yeah. I have oh. never experienced that. Really? Oh, man. I've never gotten that far. Well, it's awesome if you get there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I hear. That's what I'm going for, but... There you go. Yeah. Keep shooting for the gold, lady. Oh. Just making it that initial. That's the initials, the worst. Yeah. Um, It talks about how people are getting uh, married later and later. Um, And then it says... Uh, it talks about uh, there's Molly the dog. Uh, some Sorry. people uh, believe that humans are not wired monogamous, which we were just talking about. Um, and I thought it was really interesting how it brought up the fact, and and it does bring this up in in uh, Esther Perel's book as well. That you know the thing was the 
the man had the wife with the kids and then he had a mistress. And then uh, with, you know, the advent of birth control and, and um, women's uh, the women's movement, it was like, OK, well, we have to change this. This can't be the way. And it could have and I never really thought about this until it was brought up. It could have gone two ways. We could have either went, well, now women can have someone on the side as well. But instead, it was like, no, we're just going to drop it for everybody. <laughs> no, so, everyone has to suffer. Everyone yeah. has to suffer. Yeah. We um, can't let them have something cool. And it talks about monogamish. Um, and mostly older and people who are older in their 40s and even in their 60s, you know, have tried to be monogamish. And um, yeah. But it has to be built on a solid foundation. And once again, Esperl goes into her, you know, really in depth on that in her book. So, um, and I had I, the, the question I had about this was um, looking at, uh, and correct, well, flat out my wife telling me this. Um, <laughs> one of the things I see there being a problem with, with online dating is, um, you know, it talks about, you know, the, uh, people tend to be very quick to say, oh, well, there's something I don't like and just kind of, you know, you know, uh, not even look into it. Um, I'll, I'll start with I'm going to ask this question. I'm, I'm going to shoot it at, uh, at at Chris first. Um, did you ever feel like Ray was a project? Never. I'm the Never? project. OK. <laughs> uh, my wife has flat out told me I was I, I was the project. I, she's like, she I saw potential. She told me that when you all started dating. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I can, no, I had huge glasses. I know I did not. I was not a good dresser, so you know. Well, with that, that that's like superficial stuff. Like the right, it's I, superficial like, stuff. Yeah, I think you don't wear turtlenecks anymore. I'm very pro that, but I, but I, for me, it was I. I did not have a great upbringing. I never saw a good relationship. Marriage to me was like the. It was like a. It was like what's the point? It's just going to end in divorce. My parents have been divorced and married multiple times, and right. so it was just like it's a shitty idea. But <laughs> it was like and still to me like it took such a huge leap of faith, and it was so stressful for me to say those vows and to and to hope like hell that this was going to work out. And so I was the, I was the project and I have the project. I was a project and, and it was Ray just being like, this, this, this is happening. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll sit around and wait, but we're doing this. So you get over yourself and uh, I'll wait. So he, his work was being super patient with me, but I'm the project. I'm a, I'm a work in progress all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I pretty, love it. He's pretty fantastic. He'll roll his eyes at that, but I mean, he's, He's an amazing man. So, yeah, yeah. he's all right. I love him so much. Ray knows I love him. Ray knows how I feel. <laughs> Can't wait for him to go back and listen to this episode. He's gonna be like, "Oh God." Um, yeah, it'll be like Saturday. Like, oh yeah. God, what'd she say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so I just, I just, I was thinking about that the other day, and I was like, you know, after reading the book, I was like, huh, I wonder if some. If anyone's thought about taking on a project or if, or if you are the project, like oh. I said, I was the project. I know I was the project. So I feel like um, there's project and then there's like the person that you just like you got to wait, wait for a little bit. I think that. There's oh, yeah. And I'm sure there's someone that in that thing, too. It's just like, yeah, you need to go back in the oven for a little while. Just a little, you're just a little undercooked. It's OK. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> um, mature a bit. 
We already talked about kind of our overall feelings on the book. Uh, we all seem to really like it. We're all really glad we, you know, uh, we read it and everything. So, um, with that said, does anyone have anything else they want to wrap up the the book discussion part of the show with? All right, I, I think, think we're pretty this, good. I think yeah. this book is a very adequate representation of what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Love I would, this. yeah, I would agree. So. Oh, yeah. I, did I say adequate? I'm accurate. Good God, Lainey. So well, tired. Tired. Sorry. <laughs> I did have one or a couple things. Uh, yeah. When he talked about the the shows that he did, where he brought people on stage, I actually saw him do stand up, and he did that. And if I hadn't been in like the top balcony, <laughs> I still would have run up there with my phone. I Jen, had, wait! I like, oh, that would have been yeah. awesome. I know it was great. And, and some of the stuff he read, it was like, yeah, that's pretty much accurate, but um, he did, he does actually do that. So I got to see that. That was pretty great. Um, the other thing I just remembered was um, the Japanese government subsidizing the dating. Yes. Crazy to me. Like <laughs> I get that they want to make sure that, you know, people are having babies and stuff, but wow, they spent a lot of money on that and genuinely worried. Yeah. Yeah. No more Japanese people. I I can't. <laughs> they are literally running out of Japanese people. That they're was running out of Japanese people. They're, they're literally running out of Japanese. Yeah, and it's the same in Denmark too. There's like commercials now where they're like oh yeah people into making their parents grandparents. <laughs> like yes, like and they're a little more yeah. forward with it. They're like, listen, yeah, hey, yeah, they're yeah. bumping uglies, guys. Come on now. Yeah. I want to be a grandparent. Let's go. They're mine. Exactly. Yeah. Um. <laughs> All right, so with that said, um, we're going to move into the part. Like I said, I don't want to keep everyone here too long, so uh, hopefully we won't stress this out too far. But um, So uh, since uh, we started reading the book, uh, in, um, at the, right after uh, Aziz won a um, Golden Globe for, uh, for his show, uh, uh, Master of None, uh, the second season, um, a woman came out and... Um, I don't want to say accused because he he said it happened, so we're not going to use accused. Uh, came out and said that on a date the previous year um, that he was uh, how do I put this very forceful um, and not not to the point of like a rape. It was more so of a uh, peer pressure, um, and she felt bad about it the next day. I have a question about this because I've never quite gotten the right answer um i know he contacted her afterwards she i was, think contacted him okay was that uh before was that like was that after the uh, the date happened or was that after all of this came out it because was after that, the date happened she okay, texted that, him the next day okay that definitely puts this in a certain light well, in my opinion so i thought he, he texted her and said it was nice meeting you last night or maybe was, that was it yeah i thought that's what okay so I, that's nice what i thought it was you. so um okay so with that said does is there anyone that wants to kind of throw their opinion their thought out there on this i'll do it all right if you don't want to go first i will i don't mind um right, so i um, have actually talked about this with a lot of different people in my life who have a lot of varying opinions on it. And that kind of seems to be the consensus is that nobody really has a consensus. Um, I know that I can say I have definitely been in a situation very much like the situation that this young lady was in as well. It is not a 
good feeling. Now, when I went through it in my mind, I did not feel quite as strongly about it as she did, but I definitely know what that situation is like. And for me and for a lot of the people that I've kind of talked to and other women who have also been in situations like this, what it kind of comes down to is I think that this speaks to something. I I feel like people are really up in arms about it because no one's really sure what category to put this in because, you know, we have to put everything into a category and no one can really decide if this is a big enough deal or if it's not. And I think a lot of men are kind of freaked out because this sounds like a normal date for them. The bottom line is that I think that the inability for women to feel like they can communicate, communicate comfortably with a man is a huge, huge problem that is not being addressed. I think that that is the base level of a lot of the issues that we're ha- that we've been having is that a lot of women do not feel safe communicating that with a guy. A lot of women get really uncomfortable when they have to tell, basically tell somebody no. And that's not a personality thing. I don't think, I think that that's something that's ingrained in us. I'm a very strong, forceful person. And I have struggled with that of like, how do I do this without making this person really upset or angry or making them feel bad when it's not about that. I think that if we are, if we figure out how to better communicate with our partners and just each other in general, I think situations like this would be a lot fewer and farther between. So while I don't think that his actions were right and I don't want to downplay her experience because her experience is her experience. It wasn't mine. Um, for me, I didn't feel the outrage towards what happened so much as I felt outraged towards the way that people reacted to it. I kind of felt like, People use this as a way to bamboozle everyone else against not really. It felt like a way to kind of come after a movement that I think is incredibly important that needs to be happening. And instead it kind of gave people a way to be like, well, I mean, if you're going to talk about it, it gave a lot of people a way to discredit something that's really, really big that needs to happen, basically. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, you definitely went with the more um, philosophical route of it. I was more so of the more concrete part of it. Um, I'm going to lay this out there as a um, a married white male, um, and whereas you were coming from this as someone who's actually had this happen. So, you know, take my opinion with a grain of salt. Um, this should have never been part of the uh, Me Too movement. Um me too was more so uh really really bad people uh using their power over subordinates uh in their jobs and basically lording their power over there this wasn't this was a date situation this is not what has happened the reason why i say this should have never came out with the me too movement is because kind of like what you were saying and I, I guess maybe putting it in a little more concrete i think this actually hurts the me too movement the me too movement needs to keep growing and it needs to it needs to keep burning and it needs to, you know, we're still going through politicians and, and uh, people in the entertainment industry. And this needs to get down to the point that, you know, the average Joe who might be working at a Burger King as a manager can't lord over, you know, one of his subordinates 
and try to peer pressure, you know, you know, someone into having sex. Um, I think that needs to keep going. That needs to keep moving forward. Um, this needs to be its own thing. This needs to be well-defined. And like you said, it is something that needs to be addressed. I think, like I said, I think it hurts the Me Too movement, like you said, because people are like, whoa, well, I thought it was this and, you know, this, that, and the other. And they, unfortunately, I I am afraid this may become one of those things that um, Gamergate was because Gamergate started out as, you know, um, um, this thing, you know, this guy was, you know, you know, posting all this stuff about his ex-girlfriend and it was the outrage over that. And then it quickly was turned into some kind of a debate over the ethics in video game journalism. It's like, those are totally, totally different things. Totally different. You should not be talked about in the same thing, but they were, they were talked about the exact same way. And then you had people trying to have a conversation about it, but not even talking about the same thing. And I'm afraid this is something that could happen with this. So like I said, I'm not downplaying it. I'm not saying we don't need to talk about it. Um, I, I think it needs to be its own thing though. Um, one other little thing, and I'm just going to throw this out there. The reason why I said it was kind of the timing, I think, was... Unfortunate? If they had a conversation after the event happened, to me, this should have remained a uh, something that they dealt with. And like I said, it still needs to be talked about. But it did. It didn't seem like she came out to be a uh, to to speak out about something that needs to be spoken out about. It almost seemed more like a vengeance type of thing, because it was like she even said, "I was really mad watching him walk across the stage and and receive the thing." And unfortunately, like I said, because this is kind of winding up in the whole Me Too thing. Um, yeah, he made a mistake. He did, you know. And, and and the biggest problem is, is he wrote this book. He got so much right in this book. And then to go do this, it's like, dude, what were you thinking? But anyway, um, I, I think it's unfortunate that his career may be over because of this. Um, who knows? I mean, people have come back from, from work. I don't think it will be. I really don't but think it will I'm, be. I, hope I feel it, like. I hope it isn't. I hope it, I hope his career isn't over after this, but you know, it, it it's sad that it it could be because of this. And like I said, I'm and I'm don't want to downplay what happened. I just think it's unfortunate of the way things unfolded. So uh, that's my two cents on it. Yeah, I think there wasn't a lot of responsibility in publishing that story to begin with. Because oh. you're right, it was a vengeance thing because she was angry. He won that award while wearing a, a Times Up pin. So he mm-hmm. was kind of She's mad he's draping himself in the movement. So this online publication also draping itself in the movement publishes this story that really isn't, I mean, it's, I guess it's factual, but it is one-sided. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's everybody trying to, to be part of a movement and like just really muddling, muddying the waters, I guess. We can't figure out where this lies. That's the thing. It's like, everyone knows that it's wrong, but we have to figure out, like, are we going after everything? Are we focusing on the big stuff? Are we focusing on all of what, where are we, basically? Instead of, like, starting with all this bigger stuff and, like, chiseling our way down to the little idiosyncrasies that make up so much of just our day-to-day interactions with each other and just what our society is in general. I, I get really frustrated. Sorry. <laughs> 
I and see, like I right. said, I think it should be it, it should be its own separate thing. And then I even thought so much as I'm like, well, not saying that it doesn't need to be talked about, but is it something that needs to be tabled? So it's like, because you know how we are here in America, we can only focus on one freaking thing at a time. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to focus on this, and now the whole Me Too movement maybe lose some of it, some, some some of its steam. And it's just like. Do we do we try to work through that first and then come you know la- you know round back around to this? But it's like this is an important thing we need to talk about too. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, it sucks. Hopefully, hopefully, like after reading this book, you know this seems like someone who might be able to handle the nuances from a public platform. Um, so it might. I mean, I don't think it's going to be happen immediately, but like I don't think his career will be over. But it's definitely going to change direction. Yeah, He's like, I don't have know to if Netflix will have another, yeah. Master of none. I don't know. He, I know that as a person, he's been dealing with a lot of personal, tra- I don't know. I'd be, I would just be really interested to hear more from him as to what he had to say. But I will say this, like, as far as the whole time's up and the Me Too thing goes, a lot of that is based on power dynamics. And this is still related to power dynamics. I don't think it's on the same scale. I think it's different sides of a spectrum. This is more like nuanced, but like it is, it's still power dynamics for sure. So, and I, but I agree with you, Gene. It's like, we don't know, like, what do we do? Do we focus on the whole thing right now? Are we looking at this? Are we looking at, there's, it's misdirection. It's Siegfried and Roy. Nobody really knows what they're doing right now. Chris, did you have anything you wanted to add to this? Or are you like, nope, not touching this with a 10 foot pole? So don't, bye. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, no, because Ray and I have had this conversation and, um, I know for me, I, I, I had a bad lax of a mother who had a very rough adult life. She used to get into fistfights with men. So for me, I grew up with a woman who was like, take no shit from the very beginning of my, and I've never taken anything from anybody. If you, if I had a man, uh, I was at a writing conference and he, we were at, at the after party, we were he was drinking or whatever I was goofing around he felt like it was hilarious to reach out and grab my boob he thought that was funny and the look on his face he was like Mah! and so I slapped him in the face and told him to fuck off and to never touch me again and that's my like it was like no no, no. I mean and I slapped him as hard as I could and told him to don't to not do that and that's my reaction to things like that it's like if you and it's not that I'm, I'm tr- I really try it because I sound like I'm victim blaming and I try not to, but I always grew up with like, if you don't like it, immediately stop it. Like, just say no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, and be forceful about it and, and until you get your way. And so I feel bad for women who don't feel like they can do that, who feel like it's, it's somehow sort of their fault that this guy feels like he can do that to them instead of teaching him a lesson. And I felt bad for the woman who that happened to. And she was, I'd probably be pissed off too. I'd be like, you know, the fucking asshole did that to me and look at him getting an award. And I'm sitting here with all this baggage and no, no, no. If I'm going to go down, he's going to go down with me. I get that. It was just, it felt like it was really badly reported. Like Manny said, and it was, it just, got away from the point of the we need to talk about this. and and with ray i know for him the things that he said is he's a he's a an affectionate guy he's a guy he's a hugger y'all who have met him know that yeah he is and he likes to 
he he's a bit of a flirt and things like that. He's worried and he's so worried that this is going to go to such an extreme that if he looks at a woman the wrong or, that she is taking his look or holding the door open for her or whatever as a harassment and he's going to get in shit for it. That's how he feels about where this is going. He is so scared that just because he's trying to be nice, it's going to be misconstrued as him trying to power over a woman that because, and I can't tell him different. I've been trying to, and he just, I don't think he doesn't almost believe me when I say, no, no, no. I, people can tell the difference. I hope between somebody being nice and somebody using their power over somebody. And I think that speaks to Ray though. The fact that he is so concerned with the people, just people around him in general, feeling comfortable and safe. Yeah. You know, it, and it doesn't, I've been trying to tell him like your sense, you know, it, that's you. I don't think that's that mo- the movement is trying to tell those in power. You can't do this anymore. You can't treat me that way anymore. It's not allowed anymore. And hopefully what comes out of this is we reach an equilibrium where everybody is. And maybe we do have to have contracts before somebody has sex. Maybe that is going to be the social norm was like, listen, you sign this paper, you are agreeing to all this. I sign it, we're agreeing all to this, and we're good to go. Maybe it has, that's where it's got to go. Where, but that's the thing, if people don't. Pardon? Sorry, Do sorry, Jen, say that again. Said, talk about a mood killer. Geez, like, hey, wait. No, but that's we, the thing. Like, people don't know how to first talk thing. before they have sex. That like, that's suck. the thing is everybody goes to the, well, <laughs> do I have to ask to kiss you? Well, kind of. Yeah. Like, there's an in, there's such a thing as consent is an it's not the absence of a you know consent's not the absence of a no it's a and it's an enthusiastic and consistent yes and I don't understand why that's such a hard thing for for people to understand mm-hmm. you just fucking talk to the person that you're about to sleep with yes. just fucking even if it's a fucking one night stand say I'm not okay with this I'm not okay with this I don't like this I don't like this these yeah. are the things that I'm into blah 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 I guarantee you your sex will be so much better just yeah. stop. It drives me crazy that people cannot fucking. Co- it just, oh god. Molly, you're not asking consent. <laughs> Sorry, she's 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 in my long term really. Hi, I don't know. She just wants to be in on the conversation. She has opinions. As so. always. Did you have anything know. else you wanted to add to it, Jen? No, I mean, no. I I pretty much agree with what everybody said. I didn't actually read the original article. I read secondhand interpretations of it, but it might be seems best. Like from what I've, you know, heard and read that, yeah, it, he was probably in the wrong, but uh, I don't know that it's the same as everything everybody else is going through. Um, I will say I think the movement is probably more, it is a little broader. Um, to, me, to me, the movement is, you know, women in general um, have felt, like they can't speak up about certain things and they have to just deal with it, whether it's someone in power or just a casual date. Uh, so, so I think it's kind of a spectrum and this mm-hmm. falls somewhere on that spectrum, but I don't think it's a completely separate thing either. Cause I, I feel like, you know, for a long time women have just put up with getting catcalled and getting their butt slapped and getting, you know, like inappropriate things said and done to them and, to the point where it's even been rape, you know, and, and, and now 
it's like enough is enough. We're not dealing with it anymore. So I think there needs to be a societal shift in, in all of that to where men, you know, know, Hey, you know, you can't, you can't force yourself on a girl. You have to be aware of this and this and don't blame the girl, you know, for getting raped or whatever. If that happens, that's a whole other discussion, but yeah. So. Teaching our boys, well, and our girls too, that consent is is very important. And I know with Quinn, he's a very affectionate kid, and and for him, he's now he's learning. Like, you know, everybody likes a hug, <coughs> and that's okay. And so, and with Logan, she's very. For the day a man tries to cross her, so it's love her. Te <laughs> teaching them love like. <laughs> can, teaching them from a very early age consent, teaching them yeah. uh, this is mine and don't touch it if I don't want you to. Respect of people's boundaries, just respect of people's well, boundaries and the bubble. way they react. Like, don't come in my bubble. I don't want you in my bubble. Um, I'll let you know if I want you in my bubble. And uh, once you're in, we'll have some fun. But just trying to teach them, especially boys, like it's okay to to get shot, to be shot down. It's okay. It's not a shot to your manhood. It's not, it's, it's it, it, just because she, you know, kisses you or, or whatever is not an invitation for you to think she, she's going to give it all to you or whatever, or, or that you're entitled to it. That's the other thing too, is right. getting them, getting over the entitlement factor. That's right. These boys are not, a, no one is entitled to anything. No. I have a friend with a three-year-old boy and, and he's always coming up to her, like trying to kiss her, blah, blah, blah. And she's trying to teach him like, you can't just kiss, you know, people, <laughs> you have to ask them because, <laughs> yeah. you know, even, even though he's her mom or he's, he's the mom, like she's yeah. trying to set those boundaries now so he doesn't just think he can do it his whole life, which I think is a really good thing. It is important I because deal with it's cute. So the part of it, it's just like, oh, I'm going to tell him. Because Ray was uh, standing in line with Quinn when he was in JK. And he was, he had this friend. She was the same age as him. And they just were kind of standing beside each other. And they kind of shrugged his shoulders. And all of a sudden, he's like, they kissed each other. And it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, you are going to stand over here. And you are standing over there. And they were four years old. But it's just like, no. <laughs> You were too young, but they both kind of looked at each other and were like, well, we're standing here. Why not? <laughs> it's a thing to do. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> the only, the only other thing I want to add to this, and, and, and I'm just basically kind of uh, going along with what Ray was thinking. Uh, I wasn't quite thinking to that level well, <laughs> about holding a, a door. That's a, that's a little further than what I was thinking. But like, once again, thank God I'm not in the dating scene now because uh, I was always, I've always been very, like I said, I've always been kind of shy and, and, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm an introvert. Uh, but yeah, I, I would totally like, and today I would totally be like, yeah, listen, I, I, I don't play games. I am very interested in you. I like you. I'd like to see where this goes. Um, <laughs> but you are going to make all of the first moves from here on out because no. You could I'm be not, like I, the French guy that's just like fancy a fuck. <laughs> No, yeah. I would like I would I would be like, hey, listen, you know, if 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 if, if this is going to happen, you kind of got to make the first move because I'm not going to even remotely put myself in a position where this could happen. Um, and I, I and a little more background, I, I I'm horrible at picking up on signals, so that's another reason why I would put myself in in this 
this thing. And I mean, I know there's there's a difference between some signals and and others, but um, to give you a very uh, extreme version of what I'm talking about, uh, when I was working at Hastings and 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 at SFA, um, there was a young lady there that uh, at the time when I met her, she was dating someone, and um, unbeknownst to me, they had broken up. But uh, she literally would come over and ask me, when are you going to ask me out? And I thought she was just, oh, well, she's just being funny. And it literally took a female assistant manager to go, no, seriously, she wants to know when she you were going to, to go out. <laughs> but I was that stupid. <laughs> so like I said, that's where I'm coming from, ladies. So just, you know. But uh, I'll say this, like, I mean, just ha- again having that conversation with that person before you enter into anything, number one, it can be really cute and really dirty and really fun. And then you already know what the other one is expecting and you already know the boundaries of that other person. And it just sets you up for success every single time. So, and I don't think it's fair either to expect your partner to rely on like cues unless they are like clear, like, actual communication yeah i, I just don't that was the other thing i think people are having a hard time with was the, with a part of the non-verbal cues i think Which i've the, done that yeah i get it yeah and it's such a but, vague thing that it's like what it, but what does that mean non-verbal cues what are what is because some are very that. clear like that's a shove <laughs> it's a slap it's a it's a finger in the face like <clears throat> yeah those are very clear but then did it mean subtle cues? Like, was she like rolling her eyes or was she like just not smiling or not in like, how, how does it work? That's such a vague, broad statement. I just, I don't <laughs> think it's fair to either person in that situation to do no. stuff like, like just, you right. can just fucking talk to each other, guys. Like it's so much better. Just talk it to is. each other. Stop being so stupid. We signs around our neck all the time. Just use your words. That's what everybody tells everybody to do in elementary school. Use your use words. Your words. Use your words. Let's just go back like to elementary. It. We'll be all right. You. It made me feel blank when you blank. I don't like it when you blank. Please stop. And that's nice. It. Now I say that, and it's easier said than done. It's really it hard always when is. And when you're conditioned like that, but again, open communication with your partners, guys. It's great. Just fucking yeah. do it. And can I add one more thing, Eugene? Yeah, absolutely. One of these assholes, I don't care when you're one of these assholes that's listening right now, whose attitude to all of this is, well, I mean, am I ever going to be allowed to say anything to a woman? Then no, you are not allowed to say anything because if you cannot figure out what the difference is between common human decency and being a fucking asshole, then you are not allowed to speak to anyone ever. And that's it. (laughs) And there you go. Um, That's it for our discussion, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Like I said, we're running a little late, and I know everyone has to work and everything tomorrow. So, yeah. Um, our next book that we're reading is uh, "Pleasure Unbound" by Larissa. Is it Ion? Ion. Ion. I'm uh, really excited about this I'm one. I'm about halfway through it. Uh, <laughs> it's um. We'll, we'll get to that eventually. Um. So yeah. So if you'd like to read the next book with us for uh, February, it is "Pleasure Unbound" by Larissa Ion. Uh, it is the first in a series. So, um. But that being like, said, yeah, disclaimer, it is smut. Like, it is a erotica novel. Oh, it is very, it is very dirty, graphic. Dirty, dirty. So, if you don't want to read that, then just before yes. it is an erotica novel. Yeah. 
but it's but it but the whole point of this of this book club was to expand our horizons and read things that we yeah. wouldn't normally pick up. So yeah, um, definitely fall and it's got werewolves and demons and everything else. So it's not like we're just it's not just a, a quote unquote bodice ripper. This actually has some sci fi you know yeah, fantasy it's got stuff. Some it. paranormal. It's I that's why I like reading. It's because it's it's got that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, sure you do. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> No judgment at all. Um, what else have you been reading? Um, anyone, anyone been reading anything of interest as well? Um, I've, I've been, I'm a, an editor for work, but um, I've been reading A World Without Whom by Emmy J. Favela, and she's the copy chief for BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about how language is evolving and like, you know, what grammatical rules we need to follow in the internet age. Um, so it's it's been fun. I kind of I took it on vacation. And I kind of stopped when I got back, but I'm gonna pick it up. That sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, I'm still doing inventory, so I went back and reread Mating with Cap uh, Mating in Captivity with Esther Perel. Man, that is such a good book. Um, I also went ahead and read Attached by Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. Uh, kind of goes hand in hand with that. Um, and then I've just been reading a bunch of uh, my other favorite books. Run Program by Scott Meyer, uh, same guy who did uh, the uh, uh, Magic 2.0 series. Uh, Demon, Freedom TM, Kill Decision, all by Daniel Suarez. I, I I keep forgetting that he is one of my favorite authors. Like I can't. I need to go look to make sure he hasn't written another book that has slipped under the radar for me. So, um, anything else anyone want to throw out there real quick? So I'm in the process of reading a book that a friend of mine from work lent me. It's called In a Dark Dark Wood. It's a novel by Ruth. <laughs> Where um i'm kind of excited about it because it's kind of spooky and she said that when she read it she like immediately thought of me so i'm trying to find time here and there to read it i have a mm-hmm. tendency to fall asleep while i'm reading it which is probably not good i don't think that says anything about the quality of the book i'm sure it's great i'm just tired a lot so yeah but yeah i'll let you guys know how it is i'm pretty excited about it awesome is there anything else anyone wants to throw out there before i start talking cuts <laughs> <laughs> you guys off I started listening to Happiness for People Who Can't Stand Positive Thinking, so we'll see how that goes. That sounds interesting. It's about stoicism stoicism I'm learning, so um, yeah, we'll see how that is, because I'm I'm that person. I can't stand positive thinking, but I need to be less pessimistic as well. (laughs) I'm obnoxiously optimistic, so. That's right. Trust me, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> once again something you wouldn't have necessarily been looking for but you found it right chris there you go um like i guess <laughs> yeah whatever um like i was saying you can find it that you can find the show at, at epicallygeeky.com you can also find us on instagram facebook and twitter at epicallygeeky uh if you haven't already please give us a five-star rating on itunes stitcher and google music um if you have a suggestion for a book Force to read, definitely let us know that as well. That would actually be very uh, highly appreciated, even though I think we've got like we've at least got our next six books planned out and uh, we've got a ton of stuff that we want to read. So it's it's going to be interesting. So um, where can we find you online, Lainey? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at it's a Lainey bird. I promise I will post things on Instagram as they come. Again, <laughs> I, just, I don't do anything interesting right now. Nobody wants to see me at work. Um, and then hopefully another episode of Epic Rhythm and Brews will be coming your way very, very soon. We're just trying to coordinate some schedules over there. So, Gotcha. 
Very cool. Uh, Jennifer, where can we find you online? Um, Instagram and Twitter at Het's Gonna Be Me. <laughs> we can find Chris at epiclygeeky.com. She's yep. like, yep, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's the way she likes it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mandy, where can we find you online? Or can we? You can. You can. Um, my Twitter handle is Mandy Joe Shelton. That's Joe No E. Very cool. And as always, you can find me online in my individual wacky adventure at Optimus Gene on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 